We're talking about the Day of Atonement, and it's awesome because this is something that you really have to study. You really have to learn about or else you would miss out on this. I mm. like that you're just sharing all that you've been asking, you know, God, and just what's been on your heart with when it comes to fasting and sure. praying and making sure that we're walking in that sacrifice that he made for us. Yeah, it's the little things become the big things so often. Well, we're going to step into the real heart of the the Day of Atonement, which one day will be Judgment Day when we all stand before God. And that's going to take us to the book of Revelation. So we're going to call this Unpacking Revelation for the next four breaks. We're going to unpack Revelation. So if you've ever struggled with this book, here's a couple of pieces that help you make sense. So John's encounter with Jesus, it's the book of Revelation, takes place on the Day of Atonement, which is part of the, the clue to it all. Revelation 110, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. A whole bunch in that little verse. The first thing John heard was a voice like a trumpet. See, the Feast of Trumpets on Rosh Hashanah announces the days of awe, including the Day of Atonement. The phrase, the Lord's Day, Ikearchi Emera, in a, is a Greek phrase, unique in the Bible. That's the only place it's ever used. By the second century, it was applied to Sunday, but there's really no biblical reason to use it that way. The only day that Jesus referred to as his day is the day of his coming. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. The Lord's day may simply be another way of saying the day of the Lord. So the day of atonement was and will be the Lord's day. It was a day of judgment in which the true spiritual condition of everyone was revealed. And it will be when he returns to bring judgment to the earth and rescue his people. You see, it's not really a, a hard uh, pull to understand all that. The first part of the judgment is the courtroom scene for the investigation. You can go back to Daniel to get part of this in Daniel 7. He watched till thrones were put in place. The court was seated and the books were open. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. So you jump to Revelation, the same number of angels is present in the judgment scene of Revelation. I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the number of them, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Back to Jan Daniel 7, books were open. In Revelation 20, books were open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. So since Revelation is written in a chiastic structure, which is like standing and looking at a mirror, it's a, a mirror image of itself, we can see the investigation in chapters 4 and 5, and then also see the verdict carried out by the 144,000, in chapter 14. That's the mirror image of it. Another key symbol in the investigation phase are eyes. Because you're investigating, right? So the lamp, the lamb has seven eyes. And the four living creatures who are around the throne are full of eyes in front and back, around and within. So eyes symbolize the Lord's judgment and separation of the righteous from those who are not. The eyes of the Lord have two related functions, to watch and protect his children and to discern the wickedness of his enemies. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. That's in Proverbs. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That's 2 Chronicles in the Old Testament. Seven lamps and seven spirits. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. That's Revelation 4. 
Even while the judgment of the Day of Atonement is being carried out, the daily intercessory ministry of Jesus, which is the lamps, the bread, and the incense, is still taking place. Hebrews 7, He, Jesus, is also able to save to the uttermost those who came to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for Him. So, since the seven lampstands are the seven churches, seven lamps show the presence of, of the Spirit. Jesus is the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world, which he did. But while he's in heaven, he has sent the Holy Spirit to bring his light through the fruits and gifts of the Spirit in the lives of believers, you and me. So, do justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Ordinarily, the high priest's outfit had bright colors and a breastplate of these precious stones. But on Yom Kippur, the high priest was required to take off the glorious robes in exchange for simple white linen garments in order to go into the Holy of Holies. He looked just like any other priest. This foreshadowed Jesus, our great high priest, putting aside his heavenly glory, putting on flesh to become one of us, and yet remained holy. The high priest wore a crown of pure gold called a nezer, which becomes the word nazar. The word nazar means to dedicate, consecrate, and sacredly separate. The word Nazarite, for instance, they vow to be separate from the world. It comes from that root. We're all called a royal priesthood in 1 Peter 2. We're also called to live a holy life, dedicated to God and separated from the world in our thoughts and intentions. So that daily negativity, cynicism, and impurity are battling for our focus so we will dwell on things that are depressing, impure, and evil. But these thoughts must be taken captive before they get a foothold. If we crown ourselves with thoughts that are pure, then we'll be changing the world around us. You know probably Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's all dealing with that crown. What does repentance look like? Well, you pursue a deeper level of dedication and consecration. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Romans 12 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I believe the most important message you can take away from the Day of Atonement is that God has called you to be part of a royal priesthood that's not only wholly separate, but is bringing life to the earth by sharing the gospel of the lost to bring atonement to the world. So that's the very, very first part of Revelation. Next part is the seven churches. And we look at that so that we can understand where we are with respect on the earth in our relationship with God. That's next.